0: Hey, we are in a uh, in a season uh, and, and a series together, looking at the one another's of the Bible, and we've been kind of tracking over the last few weeks. And I want to pull out another one of those today uh, that I, that I hope. Um, as we, as we dive into the, the simplicity of this one another, we'd actually realize the profound impact that it has on our lives if we choose to allow it to influence us, if we choose to allow the Word of God to be a light and a mirror and to shine into our lives and allow it to form something of how we live, how we behave, and, and ultimately the heart that God has in His Word for us as we interact with other people. That's the whole heart of these one another's. that actually we don't live in isolation, but we live in a connected, connected, cohesive relationship with other people the way that God designed for us to live not in isolation and independence but interconnected with other people and there's the strength for others the strength for ourselves but there's actually a way that we get to demonstrate the beauty of the body of Christ in how we love one another and that expression of love for one another So if you've got your Bibles with you, however you do that, if you've got a vintage old paper copy, pull that out. If you look at it on your iPhone or however you read the Bible, we're going to be in Romans 15, uh, verse 7. That's our verse uh, that we're going to be highlighting uh, today. So let's go ahead and and read that together, and then we'll dive in. Uh, It says this, Romans 15, verse 7. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Let me read that again. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Listen. There's a, a context to this verse. We find it in Romans, this uh, letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, and Paul's addressing a very specific issue that was happening in the formation of, of this of this very young church in Rome, and it, and he was speaking into a reality that was uh, the uh, the people were in conflict, and they were disconnecting, and the community at large was being pulled apart uh, because. Uh, of uh, specifically the way in which um, power differentials were getting played out. Uh, And what I mean by that is that that, uh, this effectively what was happening is that Paul had become aware that those that had power, those that had status within the church, they'd begun to look down on others that were perhaps weaker or didn't have power or status. And it was creating division. And those that were that were maybe deemed to be less powerful or weak, they were grumbling and complaining and disconnecting from those that did have power and status. And basically, the church was in a bit of a, a mess because there was fractions and and splits and 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 people were just not getting on. And it was all to do with how power was getting outworked in the community. And fundamentally, these differences were being uh, experienced between people, and they were becoming. Uh, uh, divisive and those divides were giving rise to disconnect disunity and they were beginning to really undermine one of the primary reasons the church existed on the face of the earth which was to to express and reflect and display jesus and ultimately in these in these fractions in this disconnect in this disunity that the church was experiencing it was it was representing jesus badly you know this the the beauty of design that god had for a body for a family was being reflected uh reflected almost in the opposite in terms of there being disconnect and fracture and so paul had to to write into the very specific challenge of this situation and paul had a goal he had a he had a goal in mind of writing uh, this letter but very specifically these verses and it was to address uh, these challenges and so we actually in reading that several thousand years later uh, maybe don't experience the same level of disconnect maybe uh, the issue of of power and fractions and people feeling weaker and complaining maybe that doesn't we don't experience that necessarily in our context but there's so much for us to to learn and to ring out of these scriptures as we apply it to our lives right here in Manchester right here in this season because ultimately, this is what Paul was going after. He was going after unity. He was going after equality. He was, he was acknowledging that in the midst of diversity, that there needed to be diversity that was marked by inclusion, people being included and being connected. The ability, perhaps for people from all walks of life, to be able to find an even footing and equality, um, even though th- their, their own um, life may be looking different to those around them. And he was going after, uh, challenging the church to be really um, focused on their connection, focused on finding connection, even in their differences. Uh, and he was challenging them to go after, almost in a ruthless way, the potential for those dividing factors uh, to, to ultimately be removed from, from what was happening. Because ultimately, Paul recognized that at the heart of the community needed to be this um, integration and this relational fabric which held the community of God together that was to reflect who Jesus was to the world around him. And I think about this in our current context. You know, I've been I've been quite struck as I've journeyed with with behind the scenes with people in our own community, people from the BAME community, the Black, Asian, and minority ethnics within our community, as we've leaned into conversations over this particular season around injustice and discrimination and, and racism. And and as we've as I've talked and as the leaders have created a conversation space for us to learn and to, to hear back and it, about experiences from people in our church that have, have felt discouraged connected have felt separate have felt different and to understand that that is uh, th- that is very much uh, um real in our own community and and to step into the learning process the listening and the learning and to posture ourselves to to say what is it that we need to learn in this season what do we need to be changing in this season to consider as a church community this whole area of of inclusion as i look around obviously not in this particular season but when we were together we're a pretty diverse community But actually uh, being diverse is not the goal, actually inclusion, that sense of connectedness, that sense of acceptance, that sense of equality. And this is what Paul was going after. You know, it's a different set of challenges, but this is what he was going after as he was writing to the church in Rome. And so Paul has uh, this one particular verse, verse 7, that sits in the context of other verses, but this is what he was going after. So I want to actually just read um, that verse again and, and realize that it does sit in the context of some other verses. You know, Paul did say, accept one another. This is the one another we're looking at. Accept one another. And then there's this word, then. And that would then, it's helpful because it helps us understand that it's because of something. So let's figure out what the because of something is. And so if you step back to verse 5, it says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. Verse 6, here's the goal. So that, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to to hit that verse 7 that we're looking at this evening. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Listen, it's so good to know, right, at the very start of these verses in verse 5, that that as we point ourselves towards this thing, accepting one another, that it it comes in the context of uh, a dynamic of accepting one another in which there is a gift from God. And that gift is endurance and encouragement. Now, how many of you realize that that's a good place to start? To acknowledge that as we point in ourselves as a community, as, as we learn to love one another and step into this beauty, uh, into the beauty of what it is to accept one another, that there is a gift from God that would come to strengthen us, and that is to encourage us uh, and to, uh, to give us endurance. And that whole concept of endurance is something that we need, I think, with all of these one another's because it's not like we step into a different way of thinking and therefore a different way of behaving. There's a a step change journey that has to take place. And I want us to endure, I want us to stick with, I want us to challenge ourselves to stay the course of what it looks like to move from where we are right now into a greater level of what it is to step into the richness of these one another's. And this accepting one another is no less. I want us to stick with an endurance to what it is to be ever more increasingly accepting of one another. But there it is right there in verse 6. This is the goal. This is what Paul was encouraging. That, so that, the we, so that, that we, so that they would be of one mind and one voice. It's unity. It's oneness. This is what Paul was going after. So what does this look like for us? What, as we allow this verse to speak to us, what does it look like for us? What are we actually called to do? I want to pull this out uh, this verse 7 out uh, in the amplified version and what this helps does is it it gives a more expansive understanding of the Greek words that Paul used because there's an intentionality and sometimes in our first uh, English reading of these these verses or or specific words within these verses we can kind of we can glibly pass over them because the, our our English language is often one dimensional but let's read it in the amplified version let it let it speak to you in a bit more of an expansive way it says this therefore Continue to accept and welcome one another, just as Christ has accepted and welcomed us to the glory of our great God. So what we find here in the Greek is that is the more expansive understanding of this concept of accepting is not just simply our English word of accept, but it's this, this much broader understanding that we're stepping into this, this uh, twofold expression of what it is in this one-to-one one another, and that is, is that we accept and we welcome I'm so aware that we can read these verses, and when we read that word accept, it can be read almost like in a passive way. And almost like accept is maybe just to consider, well, well I, don't, I accept you, but that's more of a concept of, I, 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 well, I don't reject you. Or maybe it feels more like, well, to accept you is more like I, I kind of put up with you, or I tolerate you. But that isn't what Paul's going after. You know, the demand on our lifestyle and our, on our heart, po- heart posture is to accept and to welcome. And so the call to us in these verses goes so much further. It moves far, much more beyond a passive sense of what it is to accept somebody, to tolerate them, and actually invites us into this mode of accepting and, and actively welcoming. You know, I don't just accept in that I don't let my differences keep us apart. But I welcome others, which is to move towards, it's to embrace somebody. And often embracing somebody is despite their differences. You know, if I, if I can accept somebody, I ultimately can still keep them at arm's length. But if I accept and welcome somebody, I have to actively draw them close. I have to, there needs to be a proximity of welcome. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like saying that um, that if I accept you, that I almost keep you at the doorstep of my life. But to accept and to welcome says, "Hey, you! The door is open. You're no longer just uh, uh, tolerated, and you can no longer sort of stay at arm's length and stay at my door. The door is open. You are welcomed into my home. Come close. Get comfortable. My house is your house." What do you want to drink? Whatever's in the fridge, help yourself. There's that sense of acceptance is far more than just tolerating but it is this this active journey of welcoming and embracing somebody into that place of intimacy. And maybe we have some of those kind of relationships. I I would I would guess that maybe those relationships where there is an accepting and welcoming, those are typically formed at ease when there's people just like you, when there's maybe things that you have in common. Maybe there's age or maybe there's stage of life and there's a sense of, well, I kind of see me in you and it makes this whole thing of accepting and welcoming so much easier. You know, because I can kind of extend trust, because I I, I can see we're similar, then it's a lot easier to invite you in. But hey, listen. That isn't what we're talking about here. We're not simply talking about accepting and welcoming when it becomes easy because somebody in front of you looks like you, sounds like you, is like you. We're actually talking about how we embrace this concept of accepting one another when actually there are marked differences in the person that's in front of you. And this is the question that that draws us into a lifestyle. This verse challenges us to live in a very different way to not just be accepting and welcoming of those people where it's easy, but actually to recognize that in difference, there's a real opportunity not just to tolerate and keep at arm's length, but to begin the proactive journey of embracing and drawing closer other people that may not look just like ourselves. I love this, uh, this verse as well in the J.B. Phillips translation. It says this, So open your hearts to one another as Christ has opened up his heart to you, and God will be glorified. Open up your hearts to one another as Christ has opened up his hearts to you. Listen, guys, this is a heart issue. All of these things that we're looking at in one another, they start with the internal landscape of our lives and they begin to get played out in our behaviors and how we act. But listen, it's a, it's a heart issue. The posture of our heart in respect to accepting others has to remain open. It's like that front door of our house. Is it closed and there are a bunch of people hanging out outside in the garden? Or is the posture of my heart, is the door of my life open? Because I think if, I, if we can deal with that internal thing if we can if we can actually allow the reorientation and the configuration of our heart to line up with with the instruction of god 's word, then actually the behavior of our life the actions of our life begin to be reflective of what 's going on inside and so my heart has to remain open, and therefore my life and my actions and my behavior become open. And that is no matter what the unique aspect of difference is that I may encounter in somebody else. It's not my heart stays open and the posture of my life is open when I, when, I, uh, when I see myself at the front door because that's easy. It's how do I keep my heart open when there is unique difference and there's maybe a sense of fear that maybe would cause me to shut down. How do I continue to keep my heart open? This is the journey we're on and this is what we have to consider. In what way is my life closed to others who are different to me? either consciously or unconsciously. And I think that's worth a moment just to pause and reflect. You know, I don't think there for a second I'm speaking to a group of people that are actively trying to keep people at arm's length, that would actively kick against the instruction of this verse and say, you know what, I'm actually not prepared to accept people because they're different. I don't think I'm speaking to that group of people. But I think whether it's conscious or or unconscious i I think we have a a certain default a certain wiring which is apprehensive that maybe has fear that maybe has anxiety about around those who are different that maybe look different that maybe sound different that maybe are in a different phase of life in a different age often we can we can feel like actually that's a that's hard work to keep my heart open to be accepting of those people and so i think it's worth pausing and saying look you know, actually even, even do an audit of your own life. Like, look around. Are there people of diversity in terms of age and stage and, and race and, and culture? Like, are those different people in your life? Are they in the home of your life? Or does everyone around you look like you, sound like you, and are just like you? Because that's been easier to invite them in. It's really worth taking a, a moment just to pause and say, well, what does the landscape of my life actually look like? in relation to have I accepted people in have I, or, or have I kept certain people at arm's length? But what's really key uh, to this verse and what I, what I want to lean into is that it, it, this verse doesn't just give us an instruction about how to live and what to do. It actually sets a standard by which we do those things. There's a really clear goal. There's a really clear standard by which we position ourselves towards. So let's read it again. Therefore, continue to accept and welcome one another just as Christ has accepted and welcomed us to the glory of our great God. Th- those three profound words will wreck your life if you let them. They will alter and change the way that you think about this particular one another. Just as Christ Three powerful words, just as Christ, in the same way, to the same level, with the same level of self-sacrifice, with the same commitment, with the same love, with the same expression of grace, just as Christ. See, there was, there was very much a, a, uh, a way in which you were dealt with. There was a very much a way in which your life was impacted by Jesus. Jesus. And we have to encapsulate all of that when it comes to how we orientate ourselves towards accepting other people. So here's the standard. This is what it is. Are you ready? Christ has accepted you and he's established you fully to him not on the basis of your status your age your family background not on the uh, on the basis of your job uh, on the job that you have or the job that you don't have on the not on the basis of your financial status not on the basis of the clothes you wear or the color of your skin or any other factor no part of your difference separated you jesus looks at you in a totally different way that we might look at ourselves or others around us. He's accepted us because of his great love and his desire to bring glory to God. That's the only basis on which you were accepted was because of his great love and his desire to bring glory to God. And this is the profound reality that we get to experience. Listen, we've experienced this love. We've experienced this acceptance. Not because of any standing or status that we have, but simply by and through love and grace. We get to experience it. We have been, uh, because of Jesus, because of Christ, he's made us worthy. We are equal by his grace because he paid the ultimate price for you. And it's really that, that price that really quantifies your value. Have you ever thought about it? The, the level of sacrifice that Jesus made for you to have relationship with Father God. That level of sacrifice places a value on your life. Jesus laid down his life for each one of us. And that was the cost that signals the price, our value. And remember, this, we're, we're talking about this because this is what sets the high standard. This is what sets the goal. This now becomes the way in which we approach how we accept others. To the same measure and in the same way we received acceptance, now we get to give our lives to the same extent in how we accept other people. Just like Christ. Like we can allow those three words to profoundly change the way in which our hearts' postured and then our lives respond, just as Christ. Now I realize that, like, so often left to our own thinking, left to our own measure or our own standards, we probably only go so far with people. You know, when the standard is often so high, and listen, when we think about what Jesus has done to us, done for us in accepting us, it places a very high standard on how we accept others. Whenever there is a high standard, like we've got to be real with ourselves, so often we come up short, we only go so far. I was thinking about this this week and and just thinking, I remember a time years ago when Harry Ramsden's, they did this fish challenge thing and it was this massive piece of card, a whole massive plate of chips, a load of mushy peas and the whole challenge was if you eat everything in one sitting, I think within an hour, then you got your dessert for free, which is a bizarre thing because usually with these challenges, when you eat a massive amount of food, the thought of eating dessert is kind of the last thing on your mind. But anyway, everyone loves a challenge. Uh, the other thing that was tied to this, uh, this, you had to eat it in one sitting. It was only you that could eat it. And also, let's not forget, there was a, an unlimited supply of white bread. So I fancy myself in this kind of scenario, a bit of an eater, fancy my chances on winning my dessert. And then um, sort of began to pile through it. And I, I got a little cocky to begin with. Every, every, uh, every mouthful I had became a sandwich. So it would be take the white bread, some fish in there, some chips in there, bit of mushy peas on, off you go, next one. By the time I'd ordered a few more rounds of white bread, uh, and I was probably halfway through, I started to realize that this thing was gonna beat me, that there was no way that I was gonna meet the goal of eating all of this stuff, and, and I began to panic, because again, no one likes to lose a challenge And when there's like pudding, there's dessert on the line, everyone wants to push through and, and, uh, and, and reach the goal. And uh, so I realized that, you know, the the next half of the plate began to get slower and slower and and it was harder and harder to think that I was going to achieve this. And so what I started to do is do what any reasonable person would do Uh, in the face of losing a challenge, in the face of not meeting the standard, not hitting the goal. I began to find places that I could hide my food. It went in the teapot. It went underneath the plate it went onto other people's plates. Listen, I needed to do whatever I could to win this challenge. But actually, I knew between myself, between my family, before the Lord, that I had cheated and I did not reach the challenge. I did not eat the food and I did not get my dessert. My point is this. I think that when there is a high goal, there is a high challenge, often we can only go so far We can only go so far in trying to achieve those things and then we start to find an out. We start to find a way to do it a little bit differently to try and escape the challenge. Now listen, there is no escaping this challenge. Jesus uh, has set uh, in motion the challenge, the standard by which we get to accept other people. Those three words, just like Christ, is what we must give ourselves to. There's there's no only going so far in this thing. The model of how we accept other people is Jesus. This is the goal. This is the standard. It is the person of Jesus. That's the model. His standard was this that he laid his life down fully. Just think about that for a second. That the way that I accept others is I lay my life down fully. And the goal was complete acceptance of others because of their value as equals. Just like Christ, that's what we must give ourselves to. We can't set sail on this challenge and find alternatives or step back or shrink back or not fully commit. This is something that we actually have to give our entire lives to. And the final part of this, I hope, brings you some encouragement as you think about how this could really start to be to be built into your own life is is this that we enter into this process of of fully accepting one another, fueled by the love of god that 's where we started this whole series off that actually that all of these one anothers are an expression of love, and we know that we get to love on the basis that we 've been loved first. there is an intrinsic fuel that we can build into our lives that can strengthen us, encourage us. As we begin to commit to this process of loving, accepting others. And ultimately, I want to encourage you guys that this is not work, it is worship. Right at the very end of that, verse 7, just as Christ has accepted and welcomed us to the glory of our great God. Unto the glory of God. This is something that we commit to, not because it's an exercise purely and simply of discipline, because we've been told to do it, but it is an act of worship. And so as an act of worship, as we, as we recognize our lives get to be reflective, reflective and responsive to the model and the standard of Jesus in how we accept other people, we get to realize that we get to offer this, this lifestyle choice as a worship, as fragrance and worship to God. And so that needs to be our prayer. God, would you come and fuel my life with your love? Would I hold in front of me, God, the the beauty of the of the standard that you've given to me that I by which I get to accept other people in the way in which I've been accepted by you. And do I get to do that through the lens of knowing that my life in this whole regard is worship to you? So I want to pray for myself. I want to pray for us as a community as we lean in, as we maybe take a moment to reflect how accepting am am I of other people. Now maybe this you feel like actually in this season it's particularly easy because you're behind the closed doors of your own house, but I encourage you let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit do something inside of you that allows the fruit of that heart posture to be something that looks different, changes the way that you interact with people around you, especially those who are different. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the provocation, the challenge of your word in respect to how we love others around us in the way by which we accept them. Father, I thank you that you're so clear in your word. There's nothing left uh, for us to, to wriggle out of. Not that we would want to, but God, we want to commit to this process. God, would you, by your spirit, would you come and would you challenge and change us from the inside out with would would the posture of our heart line up With you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you challenge us and change us so that as we point ourselves towards this goal, this, this invitation to accept one another, that God, it would start with the reorientation of our hearts to love one another well. And in doing so, to be able to invite those that don't look like us, that don't sound like us, that are different age, stage, social standing, whatever difference we might hold in front of ourselves, that actually those things would would move to the side. And what we would see in others is the equality and the value that you've placed on them because of your son Jesus. And that we could step into inviting them into our lives in a new and a fresh, more expansive way. God, I I do ask that by your Spirit, You challenges and changes in this area. We want to look different. We want to look more like you. And Jesus, as we follow you as your disciples, would our life line up and be reflective of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, I, I want to thank you for being with us um, this evening as we've dived in. We're going to be back again next week, uh, diving into more of these one another's and worshipping together and hearing stories of what's going on in our community. I would say this as we close out uh, our time together. If you're joining us live, uh, we have uh, a team of people that are waiting online to, to pray for you if you would like some prayer. Uh, straight after our time uh, online, you can head over to the link that will be in uh, the uh, comment section but it's also uh, finelife.co.uk forward slash prayer space Uh, and a team of people uh, will be on that Zoom you can click on it jump in there they'll tell you where to go but if you want uh, somebody to pray for you if there's something that's going on in your life right now that you just love to share and have that ability for community to wrap itself around you and pray for you to hear God's heart for you. You know, we believe that we can hear God's heart to build up, to encourage, to strengthen you this evening. So if you need that this evening, don't feel like you need to rush off and jump online and have one of our prayer team and stand with you, pray with you, hear God's heart for you this evening. And we'd love to make that space available for you tonight. Other than that, Just a huge blessing on everyone. God bless you. It's been great to get to share with you this evening. I miss you so very, very much. And I am looking forward to the time when we will actually all be together in the same place. But until then, take care and be blessed.